Before I get to this week's gospel, I want to point out something funny in our first reading from Exodus. Most people don't think about the scriptures as humorous, but if you know a little bit of Greek or Hebrew, it becomes clear that there is humor and even jokes in the Bible, and this is one example. We think of manna from heaven as miraculous food, and that's true enough, but when the Israelites first see it, they ask, what is this? And the Hebrew word manna literally translates as, what is this? Which led me to think, you know, you could do a whole sort of Abbott and Costello who's on first routine with this, where the two guys come upon this and one says, what is this? This is what is this? What? This. What is this? Yes, that's what it is. What? What is this? That's what I'm asking. What is this? And it just goes on and on and on. It's funny, right? Yeah. That's why it's worth knowing a little bit of Greek and Hebrew. (laughs) You know, in this week's gospel, which is taken from the gospel of John, we have one of a whole series of discourses about the bread of life. And it kind of started for us last week when we heard about Jesus miraculously feeding 5,000 people. And in this week's gospel reading, the crowd follows Jesus across the Sea of Galilee to Capernaum. And I think there are things that we can learn, not just from the contents of this gospel reading, but also from its structure. First of all, what we have here is a dialogue. On one side of the dialogue is Jesus himself, But on the other side, we have not an individual, but a mysterious they. In some places in the gospel, Jesus is clearly conversing with an individual, you know, with one of his apostles or Nicodemus or Martha and Mary, or like that unnamed individual uh, woman who is caught in adultery. In other places here, for example, Jesus appears to be talking to a whole crowd of people. It might be that he's in dialogue with individuals in the crowd, or it could be that there were people who are shouting questions to him, but that's not what it says. Jesus is conversing with a whole crowd with a community of people. And the conversation itself seems awfully disjointed. They ask a question and Jesus doesn't give them a direct answer. They ask a different question and Jesus tries to steer them back towards a more important truth. When they first find Jesus, after having come across the Sea of Galilee, they ask him when he arrived. And Jesus responds by questioning their motivations, charging that they're really only looking for another free meal. And I have a great deal of sympathy for this particular exchange because as you may know, Uh, at least in my experience, campus ministry is about 60% catering. You know, so yeah, they're looking for another free meal. That's not necessarily bad. And then they ask Jesus a seemingly important question. What can we do to accomplish the works of God? And Jesus comes back telling them 
to believe in the one that the Father has sent, meaning Jesus himself. But lacking that belief, they ask for a sign. And then Jesus tells them, you don't even understand your own history, and then reveals that he himself is the bread of life. And I think in some ways, this whole sort of disjointed dialogue must reflect the early church's struggle to understand the nature of the bread of life, the Eucharist, and what it means for them to be the body of Christ. And this is a useful conversation then because so many misunderstand the Eucharist today. So let's look at the way the conversation ends. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. Hunger and thirst are constants for us. If necessary, we can go a number of days without food before we start to starve. For me, it's more like about four hours. Uh, but we can only go without water for a much briefer period of time. Our lives are dependent on the constant replenishment of water and nourishment. So for Jesus to say that whoever comes to him and believes in him will never hunger or thirst is to make a claim about our eternal salvation. He gives himself as bread, we receive him as the bread of life. And yet, this sacrament that we receive is a tiny morsel of bread and, back in the days when we could do it, a little sip of wine. When we reach God's kingdom, that small taste, that little bit of Eucharist, will satisfy us forever. Here on earth, we know that we'll be hungry again. We need to replenish God's grace in us, diminished by sin, and expend it in our struggles to live as Christ's disciples in an imperfect and hurting world. In this Gospels, there are really three levels of coming to Christ. Coming for the bread, which satisfies our hungers, seeking signs to strengthen our faith, and believing in Jesus, who is the bread of life. So in a sense, these are the three ways that Christ feeds us, body, mind, and spirit. In this conversation with the crowd that was hungry for his presence, Jesus acknowledges their hungers, and at the same time calls them to something deeper, to deeper faith, to deeper encounter with himself as the bread of life. So it might be important to ask this week, what do you hunger for? What is your community hungry for? Are there still people among us who struggle to find adequate food for themselves and their families? Those hungers have to be satisfied before they can see the signs and wonders that point to Christ. And in fact, our feeding the hungry is itself a sign of Christ's presence. Are you or is your community seeking some sign, waiting passively for God to do something? Well, maybe that sign is already apparent, made visible, when people choose compassion over vengeance, or work together for justice, or seek the common good. When we act together in this way, we are the body of Christ for each other and for this community. 
when we come to the altar of God today as we celebrate the Eucharist that Christ gave us as an everlasting covenant, we receive the bread of life. This is the real presence of Jesus himself. This is the sacrament which the church speaks of as both the source and the summit of our faith, and it draws us together as the body of Christ. And it also sends us forth to be the sign of his presence and for us to be bread for the world. 